Mergers are a common part of the banking landscape these days. Some of these deals will be successful, while others will be less so. This begs the question of what accounts for the diverging outcomes. Vipas Ratanji from Gallup is with us to talk about the role that culture can play in making it more likely that a banking merger will work out according to the dealmaker's plans. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. M&A activity in the banking industry this year is forecast to continue with the brisk pace seen in 2021. And if past mergers and buyouts are any guide, a significant number of these deals will struggle to live up to the lofty expectations the day they were announced. Our guest this week is Vipas Ratanji, senior practice expert at Gallup, who specializes in M&A integration. We'll be talking about what acquiring banks can do to improve the chances that their deals work out for customers, employees, and other stakeholders. Vipas, thanks for joining us on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Terry. So Vipas, there was a lot of M&A activity in the U.S. banking industry in 2021, and expectations are that this year will be plenty busy as well. So as you look back at the deals that were done in the past year, were the key drivers for those deals any different than the key drivers for M&A in other sectors or other industries? Yes, Terry, we're seeing some significant M&A activity across a broad spectrum of deal sizes in banking. I think a big differentiator in banking deals, I would say, in the last few years has been uh, capital investments in digital and technology. There's some activity around fintech acquisition, nowhere where it needs to be, but encouraging. And we all know that reduction in number of branches has continued unabated, uh, more so in our current pandemic reality. So I think many big banks will shop for new digital and post-digital targets in 2022. Uh, A significant recent acquisition is uh, Morgan Stanley's acquisition of E-Trade and JP Morgan has also been pretty active on technology acquisitions lately. So we're likely to see more deals that will help banks kind of enhance their digital prowess. In other sectors and industries, we've seen more deals aimed at consolidation or strengthening core businesses. With banks, we're also seeing increasingly differentiated M&A focus. That includes uh, things like a review of talent retention strategies or long-term revenue growth. Also a big focus on CX and ESG value. So, So a lot of distinctness there. So you write a lot about the challenges that come with trying to make an acquisition successful. In an article you wrote a few months ago, you cite findings that the vast majority of M&A, as much as 90% of it, it fails to pan out. So how should we think about financial services M&A relative to that high fail rate? And what does your research show as being the main reasons why these bank deals don't work out as they're envisioned? But this might not come as a, as a surprise to anyone listening, but Culture has the potential to make or break your M&A. It's a well-known fact that buyers spend a lot of time doing financial and operational due diligence, a very limited, if any, effort in understanding the acquired company's corporate culture, their values, rituals, the brand, even what engages their customers. So the challenge is that culture is really intangible and sometimes difficult to define. So I think values, for instance, or core values, is sometimes used as a representation of organization culture. There's a lot of work to be done there. So our recent research showed that just a quarter of U.S. employees strongly agree that they can apply their organization's values to their work every day. Only a quarter believe in their, believe in their organization's values. 
So if leaders cannot define culture well enough for their own companies, how can they definitively define the culture of a company they intend to buy? So our work with M&A teams includes a more comprehensive, what we call a cultural due diligence process that fits within the larger due diligence framework. So I'd say a really important factor in ensuring a successful M&A is a really deep, insightful look into culture. Of course, M&A teams at banks know what due diligence means from a, a financial perspective. I mean, that, that's core to what they do. But tell us more about what goes into culture due diligence. Whose job is it to do it? What are the variables that they have to consider? Size of the deal, for instance. And most importantly, the benefits that it provides to the acquiring bank. Just like financial or operational due diligence, cultural due diligence also requires a very structured and systematic approach. But many banks, what they do is they start out diagnosing the bank that they're acquiring. But actually, the work should start with first understanding your own culture. Now, that provides incredible insights into kind of the new strengths that you're trying to build on or new opportunities you're trying to maximize as a result of the merger. So just trying to understand the target's culture alone is narrow-minded. Looking within is the first step, but then finding points of synergy between the two cultures is kind of the important next step. If you do that really well, if you've understood both cultures and overlaid them on each other in many ways, thematically, you'll know through the process the specific cultural strengths or strategies or products and technology or customer experience or ritual and process of the target that you need to preserve and protect. Also elements that you would do well to replace or improve, even within your own culture, and even areas that you could amalgamate, and areas that neither company actually has a strength or, and but competitors might. Those are the areas you need to further invest in, specifically, I think, in digital or technological spaces for most traditional banks. So I really think a culture due diligence is an important muscle to develop for banks. And it's, it's something that needs to happen across different levels of leadership as well. It's not just the deal team, but the larger organization needs to be focused on especially in terms of those who are serial acquirers, for example. As we kind of see more inorganic growth and consolidation in banking at the top, I'd say culture due diligence must be a critical tool in, in any deal team's toolbox. I get how you can do cultural due diligence of your own culture ahead of time, but the acquired company, the company that you're targeting, you only have kind of limited access to, to them, right, ahead of time. So what sorts of things can be done earlier in that process? And if they are done, does that raise the chances that the M&A is going to be successful? Yeah, you're right. I mean, there are challenges to doing kind of a pre-deal culture due diligence. And partly because of the reasons you mentioned, it's really challenging to gain access to leaders and managers or employees or kind of independently assessing and observing culture on the ground. But there are various artifacts that do give you a clue. For instance, the, the vision of the organization, the mission, the values, the brand, or the purpose, or how the bank represents itself uh, to their customers or digitally. I, I really think a great way to study a bank's culture, the one that you're acquiring, is to observe service delivery in their branches and their, in their contact centers. The earlier you do this, the more intelligence you can gather on the kind of lived or kind of on-the-ground culture of the bank. Company culture, after all, influences employees and in turn customers. So really kind of understanding how the bank is delivering to customers is a great way of understanding how strong that culture is. So all of these early inputs are valuable, but at the same time at that pre-deal level, they're, they're only a surface level view of what might be radically different in terms of how a bank operates behind the curtains. So I, I think those differences will really manifest themselves more clearly in the, in the post-merger phase or the post-merger integration phase. So doing a pre-deal culture review, I think helps. I'm not sure if it dramatically improves the chances of a successful M&A, certainly sets up the post-merger integration phase very well. 
So for any company, it seems that culture is one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot. But it's also kind of a slippery term in the, the sense that it doesn't have a single universally accepted definition, right? It can mean different things to different companies. So how do you define culture so that it can be seen as more of a tangible corporate asset? There are probably as many definitions of culture as there are people trying to define it. Uh, Gallupy defined culture simply as the way things get done in an organization. So it's, it's more of a functional approach to culture. And there's no good or bad culture. Culture just, just is. It's kind of emergent. It's ever-evolving. And it's unique to each company. It's because each company or each bank has its history, its legacy, its unique ways of working and goals for the future and so on. That is exactly what makes culture integration all the more complex. So the question would be, how can banks kind of harmonize different unique cultural perspectives or fully aligned ways of working uh, through a merger? Uh, perhaps a non-banking example that comes to mind is Amazon's acquisition of Zappos the online shoe retailer. When the acquisition happened, Tony Say uh, made it very clear that Zappos' kind of unique culture must be preserved, which Amazon did. They knew that the special ways of getting things done needs to be understood and sustained. Let me give you a recent banking example. Your listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with Umpqua Bank up in the Pacific Northwest. It's a brand and a bank, solid brand known for its customer obsession and innovation. They were just bought by Columbia Banking System, a company incidentally lower in valuation than them. Now, the company is retaining the name Amqua for its strong brand recall and differentiated value proposition. And the holding company will be called Columbia Banking Systems. So I think this is a great example of reorganization, of synergy and appreciation of the strategic brand assets of two different banks that together will create one of the biggest banking systems here in the West. So what I'm saying is that M&A due diligence needs to deeply and intentionally look at culture to find that secret sauce of the bank being acquired. Now, Gallup works with banks that are merging through very careful brand purpose and culture reviews. And, and we use multiple diagnostics tools. So qualitative focus groups or quantitative research, ethnographic service observations, that we can understand kind of ways of working and behaviors. We also do audits of how information and communication flows using social network mapping and, and a review of how decisions are made and so on. Now, all that intelligence is really worth its weight in gold, not only during the merger process, but of course, post-merger integration and ongoing M&A strategy as well. So those are important elements for M&A sustainability. You mentioned talent earlier in our conversation. We keep hearing about the war for talent now and, and how it, at banks in particular, there's a lot of poaching going on. It's happening bank to bank. And there's also a lot of bank people being lured away by other industries, most notably on the tech side. So this more competitive talent environment how does that affect the cultural component of M&A? For as long as we remember, banks were the ones who always paid top dollar, right, for great talent. Uh, not as much today. In fact, there's some research I've seen that many millennials are rejecting a career in banking. There's a massive brain drain from banks as well. So I really think a big shift driving that is changing customer needs. So as customers evolve and become increasingly digitally savvy, kind of the old conventional banking skills are likely to command lower value. Future skills will matter more. So digital competence and future fluency will matter more than traditional banking know-how. So we recently did a study last year on upskilling. We found out that almost like 30% uh, value and want technological digital skills, but only about 15% participate in any form of upskilling that is digitally oriented. For M&As, research has also shown that things like retention bonuses to attract talent matter less than investments in personal development, growth, 
and capability building after a merger. So I really think banks need to overinvest in these future skills if they are to retain top talent. And this has important M&A implications in banking as well, knowing that many future-focused banks are making strategic acquisitions to kind of bolster their digital competencies. Banks also need, I think, a way of identifying key talents within the acquired company, not just using subjective assessments by leaders in the acquired company, but predictive and scientific talent assessments. I think it really is about you know, building trust. You have to build trust among these, what I call the super keepers and key talents in the acquired company. Trust that they can have a well-defined, fruitful career in, in that merged entity. There's a trust factor for customers too, right? And that likely ties back at least in part to culture. People think about trust with their banks differently than they think about it in their other retail relationships. So the acquiring bank probably wants to keep the acquired bank's customers. So how should we think about the culture integration in terms of creating or maintaining that crucial customer trust? Yeah, I think uh, a culture due diligence must critically include customer feedback. And you're right, banks can have a more long-term relationship with customers compared to other industries where the relationship might be more transactional, like consumer goods, goods, for instance. That's because customers kind of get used to the bank's products, locations and channels and ways of doing business and so on. So a merger can be a highly disruptive event for customers. I'd say especially for fully engaged and loyal customers, because these customers see the bank as a crucial part of the overall financial well-being. And, and dramatic changes in the bank structure, service, or offering after a merger without good communication, without good rationale, can, I think, lead to uncontrollable customer churn, and particularly of your most valuable, most engaged customers. We did a major retail banking study late in 2021 and we found out that only 17% of banking customers trust their banks, that is their preferred financial institutions, to look out for their financial well-being. And when customers strongly agreed with that statement, 68% were fully engaged with their banks. These numbers are much better for credit unions, by the way. So really focusing on financial well-being is important. And acquiring banks must understand what customers with acquired bank really want. Again, the brand assets you must protect, preserve, and enhance. And they must overtly kind of an explicitly communicate to all customers being required as a result of the merger about those elements of the brand and so on. This is what will build customer trust after a merger. So I really feel a comprehensive kind of unifying financial well-being strategy is key to any banking merger. Some culture clash is probably inevitable anytime one bank buys another. But what if acquiring bank A gets in there and discovers that acquired bank B has a significantly different culture from their own, and that these differences, no matter how hard they try, they really do seem to be unbridgeable. So do you see that much? And when you do, what do bank A and bank B do then? Well, hopefully a, a culture due diligence can provide that as an early warning sign, right? Wouldn't it be great if culture compatibility and kind of integration potential were critical determinants of strategic fit? You know, they're kind of a go-no-go no go for acquisitions. But a lot of that surprise can be avoided through a well-designed cultural due diligence process. So I'd say that Bank A must understand why they feel the differences are kind of unbridgeable, like you mentioned. This is where there might be multiple perspectives and potential biases with Bank A. It's like the in-group and out-group bias. You know, Bank A might consider Bank B to be radically different from them because of their own narrow view of what a good culture is. But a deeper reflection of cultural characteristics and a mapping of collective strengths might reveal to Bank A that actually have a lot more in common than they think. 
And then amplifying those areas of compatibility and respecting those valuable differences might be the way to go. So beyond the science and the rigor and discipline of a due diligence process, I really feel the success of a great merger is reliant on good leadership, inclusive leadership, like leaders who are open, transparent, those who deal with their own biases effectively. One of the first steps in our culture due diligence process at Gallup is getting leaders on both sides to engage in conversations about their unique strengths. That first meeting uh, where leaders across both organizations, across the table, see the merged entity's kind of collective strengths and potential is such a powerful kickoff to a long-term partnership and journey. You're right that no one organization has cornered the market on good ideas. So keeping an open mind about the ways to improve their business, that's critical for banking leadership teams involved in an acquisition. So Vipas Ratanji, Senior Practice Expert at Gallup, many thanks again for sharing your insights with us on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Thank you, Jay. A few takeaways from our conversation with Gallup's Vipas Ratanji. First, banks are well acquainted with the idea of due diligence in a financial sense. In an M&A scenario, digging into the details to uncover important insights can be applied to cultural aspects as well. FIPAS recommends that the acquiring bank start by exploring and understanding its own culture to establish a frame of reference. This will make it easier to see how to preserve the best of what the target bank offers. The current war for talent the banks are dealing with also has a culture angle to it. The industry has long relied on large paychecks to be a magnet drawing in top talent, but for many workers these days, high salary is not enough. Vipas says banks should be investing more to provide greater access to so-called future skills, digital literacy, creativity, emotional and social intelligence, as a way to attract employees and reduce turnover. And finally, maintaining customer trust is a key element of a successful merger, and culture has a role to play there as well. Bank mergers can be disruptive events for customers. For loyal customers of the acquired bank, many may start to shop around now that their financial institution is going away. Retaining impactful parts of the acquired bank's culture can be a way for the acquiring bank to build trust and limit churn. Thank you for listening to the BAI Banking Strategies Podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please visit us at BAI.org for more actionable insights on themes that are important for the financial services industry.